Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. And we're still seeing it quite well through that haze. About the future innovation and growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another fantastic episode of Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host, Ryan Treasure, and we have a great show for you guys today. You know, when you sit back and you think about the last, you know, 365 days of uh, what everybody's been experiencing, uh, which we call the COVID effect, right? People working from home, some people commuting like myself back and forth to the studio, driving around with empty streets in the beginning, and now we have traffic again. And, you know, I I just got to say, all you folks that get to work from home and you don't have to deal with this traffic, you know, um, kudos to you. Uh, for saving the planet. Um, I can't even imagine how much greenhouse emissions has been saved over the last year with people not commuting back and forth. Um, you know, there's, there's gotta be, uh, some, some nice planetary help, uh, in that, in that respect, other than, you know, the, the, the thought and the idea of people kind of being disconnected, but thank God for things like zoom and, and, and Streamyard and all these other cool technologies that have allowed us to kind of stay connected throughout the whole COVID pandemic. And, uh, it's really good to see States opening back up and people kind of getting back to work. Uh, I was listening to the radio this morning uh, on my way into the studio, uh, was listening to the Arizona state jobs report, uh, on things and how the economy was coming back. Um, and it looked very, very promising. Uh, the economists for Arizona were projecting uh, that Arizona's unemployment would be back to the six to seven percent rate by the end of 2021. And if that is the case, we will have to celebrate and have parties because that is an amazing recovery time to go from 33 or 40 percent unemployment rate to six or seven percent in a year and a half or a year and three quarters. Um, so kudos to everybody out there that's just, you know, plugging away. Kudos to everybody out there who decided, you know what? I lost my job and I just decided to start my own business because that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about entrepreneurial success, entrepreneurial mindset, how you scale your business as an entrepreneur. Um, you know, one of the, my favorite topics to talk about is people, processes, and procedures, right? And all these things that entrepreneurs need to remember as they scale their businesses, because I, you guys, have, you guys have heard me talk about this in the past. You know, if I was an entrepreneur, my main goal would be to have my business operate on its own, so I could sit on the beach and just drink a Corona and maybe check in once a month. You know, so I think that's also something that's important as an entrepreneur, and we'll get into that with our guests. But having kind of a plan of what you want your business to do and how you want it to operate. You know, are you going to be a hands-on entrepreneur uh, and that owns the business and work in the uh, everyday operations component of it? Or are you going to be an absentee owner uh, checking in quarterly or whatever the case may be? But I think all those are are really important things that you talk about um, when you look at the roadmap of becoming an entrepreneur and setting yourself up for success. So we have a fantastic guest on today. Uh, She's the founder of Entrepreneurs of Success, empowering entrepreneurs to master their marketer's mind and stand out as the authority in their industry. We like to call that thought leadership, right? Because that's way important. Because if you're not the leader of the thoughts of the industry that you're in, how do people trust you so they can come and do business with you is very important. We're going to talk about easily scaling their business. Uh, and Sarah's committed to helping entrepreneurs break through the, and uh, the overwhelm to clear the excess of what it takes to rise to the top of their industry. So Sarah Kaderi, Sarah Kaderi thank you and welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ryan. It's a pleasure to be here with you. I only messed up your name a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's all right. It's fun to say. It's Sarah Kaderi. Sarah Kaderi. All right. We got to get that out yeah. of the way, make sure that we got it right. But Sarah, thank you for joining the show. I know that, uh, you know, you are the founder of Entrepreneurs of Success. Uh, and, you know, you, you you guide and you help people understand accountability. And, uh, you know, you, you talk about a, a bunch of different things as it relates to business and mindset and entrepreneurs. And, um, you know, I think that that's one of the things we really love about this show is, you know, being able to bring on entrepreneurs who have walked 
the walk and talk the talk and, you know, been down the road and kind of being able to give back some feedback to some of the other people listening who are either new entrepreneurs thinking about uh, stepping off the plank of entrepreneurship into the waters of the unknown um, and, and, you know, taking some of the experiences that you've had along the way and imparting that knowledge on those folks so that way they can uh, hopefully not make some of the same mistakes that other entrepreneurs have made on their journey, right? Absolutely. Let me tell you, doing it alone does not work. (laughs) And when you dive in alone, you get to make, we all get to make mistakes, right? Um, But what's beautiful about entrepreneurship, at least in my experience, is how many people actually come out of the woodwork as mentors and support and guide others. So the They've been there, done that, and being able to come back in a space of sharing is um, wonderful that you get to be able to tap into different people and resources that guide you along the way. And that's part of what we're all about at Entrepreneurs of Success is building that community. Yeah, that community is really important. Um, And and there's a term that I like to use, especially, you know, when when you say you can't do it yourself, um, you know in the beginning you got to do it yourself right as you, as you as you start off as an entrepreneur you know you're the you're the ceo the coo the cmo the all the c's <laughs> all the yes. v, all the vps um, <laughs> yeah. all the all the directors you know all wrapped up into one right and um and and really it 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 does take a team as you start getting going uh, you know i we have the saying in in our house right uh, uh, <laughs> got to have the team work to make the dream work you know absolutely uh, I think that's the same Absolutely. way in entrepreneurship, right? It's it's very important to have a team. Um, but, you know, I was reading an article the other day, um, you know, and I'm, I'm all about what's called servant leadership, right? Um, I'm never going to expect any of my employees or people that I work with to do something that I'm not willing to do myself or something I haven't done myself. Um, uh, and then, of course, you know, um, just because you're a manager of somebody doesn't necessarily mean, you know, you're always barking orders, right? You're, you're, you're not, yes, you're, you're giving orders, you're giving direction, but you're also, um, you're also like mother, father, brother, sister, um, you know, in in all of those kind of respects. And I think to hold uh, a high level of respect with your employees as an entrepreneur and a business owner, you know, having the servant leadership mindset um, going into all of those discussions is extremely important. What are your thoughts on uh, servant leadership as it relates? to, um, you know, maintaining a proper work organization? Um, Absolutely. I think it's extremely important. You know, the one thing that I love the most is when you can empower people still in your vision and align them in your vision, but at the same time, allowing people to step in to their power and however they're helping to align with how you're serving through your business, Mm -hmm. but also that they get to um, be in integrity also we're calling forth calling forth and challenging that everybody has an open uh, there's an open space i guess is the way to say it where um allowing um everyone to sort in their space or in their talents or in how they get to align with what the mission of the company is all the way through how we're communicating internally and sharing with one another so that space is huge and actually in our organization what's important is that everybody feels empowered right that they feel heard that they get to follow their dreams but also be aligned in the in that space of integrity of um you also get to be a little challenged of stepping into it right Mm -hmm. going a little bit beyond where you might be feeling a little set back or intimidated uh, for your own growth yeah, you know what's kind of interesting for me is um, I actually I actually like it when one of my employees challenges a, pro- a like a process or a procedure that that we've put into place because. Um, that's a lot of the job of an employee isn't just, you know, following directions, you know, and, and going through motions, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Um, but if you have, you know, a seven step process to get to your end result and your employee can come up with a five step process that gives you the same result, saves time, saves money, right? Those are like the most invaluable employees that you can have. Um, and and surrounding yourself with team members who are like that is a, is extremely important because um, as long as the entire team knows what the goal is, you know how you get to that goal could be different for me than it could be for you, that could be for somebody else. But as long as we all know that the you know the end of the race is at this point or this is what the goal is that we're all trying to accomplish, you know I've I've always been like I don't really 
I don't really care how you do it. I, you know, a I, you need to do it in a manner that you know provides great customer service and good attitude and all that kind of, and all that kind of stuff. But you know, if uh, you know if you want to if you want to go edit track number four before you edit track number three, I don't care. You don't have to go one, two, three, four, right? <laughs> you can uh, exactly. do, do that work in in the manner that makes you feel empowered and comfortable and 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 keeps you feeling like um, you know you have some worth in the business. Um, you know, not just just monetarily, but even, you know, from, from a humanity standpoint, right? Every, every employee wants to know that, you know, that they're valued as an employee in one way, shape or form other than just getting a paycheck. Absolutely. Right. So you look at anything that you're putting in place. I always say I get humbled, right? You get to, I allow myself to be called out also as the leader of the organization. I, I would rather people say to me, Hey, there's another way to look at this or why are you looking at it in this perspective right now? Why can't we look at another way or another approach? Because being the leader or being the CEO, yes, I've been building the companies that I have over the years, but I can I can be pretty blind to seeing opportunity. <laughs> yeah. And it's through employees and it's through those individuals that come through the organization that we get to be even greater and we get to work our mission and we get to empower others. So um, absolutely. And I think that's the way of business these days anyway. That's, that's the transition that's happened is people want to be heard and get to be heard um, yep. and bring value to the table versus the director, <laughs> you know, <laughs> dictating everything that gets to be done. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely correct. Uh, and 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 you know that's that that approach uh, of of you know top down management or top down uh, leadership has been kind of the old method, right, for a long time. Uh, and you're starting to see shifts in 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 kind of uh, management styles where it's kind of bottom up management style, which I really enjoy because you know I I would rather hear from you know my team members that are dealing with customers on a day to day basis who are you know hearing their problems and the things that we need to solve as an organization, and you know hearing that from somebody who deals with that on a daily basis versus somebody who um, you know uh, that person may report to right and getting a secondhand variant of that is a little bit different right um and so i like to have my 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 middle managers hate this because i'll i'll go and pull somebody off the floor you know one of our audio engineers because i have a lead audio engineer i could go talk to him anytime and ask him what's going on but I like to pull in the guys that are working in the in the uh, you know I guess you know down in the in the nitty gritty of the business the the very finite operational component and find out how they feel about what they're doing you know not necessarily just what they gave feedback to their uh, to their superior but you know getting all the way down to the person who's answering the telephone and having that first communication or um, that first phone call for customer service for a new customer or even an existing customer because uh, you know keeping track of all those relationships and solving those problems is the reason why the companies exist in the first place. And, you know, I feel like a lot of times people are not listening to their lower level employees and their customers to drive whatever the goal for the company should be. Yeah. And setting a vision that um, people have a space to be able to express what's going on or, and also the flexibility of um, giving grace for mistakes, giving grace for some mistakes, right? If, if they're not, you know, in the age that I had grown up when I was working in corporate America, it was like, you screw up, you're out, right? And especially being in a space of digital marketing, right, for so many years. As my background, it was, you know, you would get bashed if a campaign went wrong or anything. I think from learning in those experiences, having as once been an employee, mm -hmm. that I now in the position I'm in, allow that grace for my client, or not my clients, but my employees to be able to bring forward ideas and test the market. See if it works. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We get to learn from it and move on. And opening up that space of creativity, mm -hmm. thinking outside of the box, what other opportunities or how can we do something that totally switches up the game is important. So as entrepreneurs of success, we're also doing that for our clients. We're also showing entrepreneurs, how can you think differently? What ways can you kind of reevaluate the way you're doing business? What other opportunities are there out there you're not seeing that are you willing to take on a challenge to just look and explore of what's next? So those things I think are extremely important. 
internal and external and how you're serving. Yeah, you're 100% correct. You know, uh, you mentioned all of your time in corporate America and, and then now with, with what you're doing and, you know, in adhering to, uh, you know, the theme of the show, which is how finding your frequency, um, kind of take us through that, that time of your life where, you know, you were super excited, you get a job at an agency, you're doing your marketing thing. And then all of a sudden something went, aha, why am, why am I here? I need to go do something else. I'm not being fulfilled somehow, some way, shape or form. Um, you know, tell us that story of how you found your frequency in life and in business. And you ended up, you know, where you are now as an entrepreneur versus being an employee at an agency. Absolutely. So, you know what? I was always an entrepreneur. I know you hear that from entrepreneurs always. I, I joke of, hey, I was the chick that was sitting at the corner doing the lemonade stand. My brother and sisters were sitting there and I was working the neighborhood. Like I was getting the neighbors who had lemonade in their fridge, buying from us and delivering. So, you know, I always had that entrepreneur spirit. So I also had a work ethic that I did very well in corporate. And coming out of corporate, I was a director of marketing for a land development company in a water park facility. And I loved it. I was in my element um, from standing on Costco buildings to being able to run big, huge events at the water park. It was a lot of fun. But my boss is who planted the seed. That boss, to this day, I will give full credit for the fact that I went off and believed enough in myself to say, this is the journey I get to have. And he pulled myself aside along with my colleague, sat us down and said, everyone should have a business. Everyone should take a talent that they have and turn it into some type of business so you always have opportunities at your hand. And that day, he challenged us by the end of the day to come up with a business and go register. At that time, we had to go down to the town hall and register. (laughs) So um, (laughs) that was when it started. And then I just had clients coming to me over and over. And the agreement was I could use the facilities to do at the time my marketing and graphic design work at that time that I could after hours still use the equipment. I stayed with them for several years and then I would dabble and I'd go off on my own and always having my business. Then I go back to corporate America. Then I came, Then I finally just said enough. I get to go out and do this. I get to go out and build on my knowledge and grow with the industry and the story's history. From then on, I just, I say I grew up with Uh, the digital marketing world from the day of HTML websites to what it is today. You know, I know that ages me a little bit, but you know, that's the thing is um, that entrepreneur spirit was always there. I was treasurer of class. Like I was always managing money, always raising money. How can we do this? And now I also get to put it in balance of that service too. I've always been a person of service and um, sharing my talents and my creativity. So that's just where it all went from there. And then it just grew and evolved into what it is today of now supporting and serving entrepreneurs and coaching entrepreneurs through what is called that marketing mindset, learning the marketing mindset, because it's it's overwhelming. And there's a lot of knowledge there for (laughs) over 25 years of being in the industry. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I I totally understand where you're coming from. I was one of those kids too, where um, the first first thing I did was I'm like, I, I figured out I could hook up uh, my lawnmower and the weed whacker to my bicycle, right, with, with a bungee cord, and I could I could ride my bike and pull it behind me. So then I'd go door to door. I'm like ten, you know, hey, can I mow your lawn? Can I trim your hedges? You know, whatever I could do to to, to make money because you know. Um, that's just what we did back then. Mom, mom, mom wasn't just handing out allowances. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, no, no. You know, so, and then and then that morphed into I turned fourteen and I was like, Mom, can I go get a job yet? She's like, No, you're not old enough. I'm like, Well, I think I think I think I can figure out a way to get a job. And she's like, All right, well, you go figure that out and come back to me and tell me your idea. Well, of course, I went and did something a little sinister. Back at, when I was growing up, they used to have these checks cashing places. And uh, you could go in there and they'd take a photo of you and put your name on it. So that way you had this checks cashing ID that you could use to cash your paycheck whenever you got paid. 
school. So I was only 14 years old and Arizona state law states that you have to be 16 years old in order to get a job. It's different now. Now, actually, you could just I could sign off and my seven year old could go work at McDonald's if they take her. (laughs) But um, back when I was growing up, you had to be 16 for child labor laws. And so I went and got a fake ID from the checks cashing place that said I was 16 years old and went and got a job at a telemarketing place that I worked at every day after school for two years. Um, And so what was kind of funny is little did I know that that telemarketing job was setting me up for something in the future. Oh, wow. What am I doing now? Oh, all I do all day long is talk. Right. So it was kind of funny (laughs) how that set that up. And then I went off to the military. uh, And then when I got home from the military, I was just like, oh, I kind of sat around for maybe like a week, you know, and then I'm like, all right, I got to find something to do. I need a job. I need to go do something. And I answered an ad in the newspaper that said, uh, would you like a job in media and a phone number? That was it. And, you know, I had always been into music and records and uh, electronics and, you know, I could I'll take anything apart and put it back together. No problemo. <laughs> um, right. yeah, and then here I am now, you know, 20 some odd years later, um, that that ad that I answered was for a job at a radio station um, cold calling out of the yellow pages. Um, any of the ads that were uh, full-size ad pages locally because um, the station ownership had decided that if companies were willing to pay money for a full-size yellow page ad, that they should be able to pay for a 30-second commercial in rotation on the AM <laughs> dial. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that's so funny how we have that in common. It was just like, you know, always working, always trying to do something. And, you know, oh, yeah. whether it was whether it was me doing door-to-door sales, selling lotion baskets to people at doctor's offices when I was younger and, you know, doing that door-to-door and, you know, playing a, playing a don't get caught uh, from the security guard in the building that says no soliciting because the, the, the ladies at the doctor's office on the fifth floor would always buy all of my lotions, even though I wasn't even supposed to be in there. <laughs> but I, mean, I think it's that kind yeah. of mindset, right, though, that, that takes um, – you know, uh, that creates a good work ethic, uh, to be able to, you know, get into the space of being creative. Um, so that way you can build and scale a business because once you start a business and once you start being an entrepreneur, you know, like I said earlier, kind of in the beginning of the show is, you know, you have to have a plan of attack of, of, of how you're, you know, tackling your business goals, your plans, what's your, what's your, what's your one month, six months, one year, five year, 10 year plan, right? All of those things are really important to understand kind of before you walk the plank. (laughs) Yes. But you know, I will be fully transparent. I was not that person. I just would be so, ah, this sounds awesome. I'm going to go and explore this and I'm going to see if I can make it work and make it happen. So as long as it had a creative edge to it and it worked with my talent, I would go off and do everything, right? <laughs> and I, I mean, when I look at my path of all the different things, yes, digital marketing and marketing have always been part of it. But I went off and did a whole bunch of creative things. I failed profusely. I had my <laughs> failures. I had my successes. Failing I up. got to play, <laughs> you know. But I will say this, it didn't take me till probably in the last 10 years to take what you just said seriously of projections and putting everything to place and processes and it is a never ending thing. It's constantly changing, especially in the industry of marketing. Right. Yeah, well, especially now. It's always too, changing. Every, everything shifted in 2020, right? I mean, you had, um, I mean, you know, I, I, I work in a similar space as you, right? In, um, I, I'm not necessarily marketing, but we do marketing for our media content, right? And, you know, we saw, you know, ad buyers and all that kind of stuff just disappear in March of 2020 because nobody knew what was going on. You know, we had customers who were, you know, doing all of these promotions and we had all of these uh, companies that were doing, uh, uh, ad buys across multiple shows and they just put the brakes on everything because they didn't know what was going on. Um, you know, search engine optimization changed the way that um, digital marketing worked. Google changed their algorithm in like March of 2020, right at the same time. And um, I mean, for me, like I'm, 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 a, I'm a Google certified SEO person and it was like, oh no, no, what's going on? Where's my traffic going? Oh, ah, 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 right. And so it was like, 
it was total pivot time, right? As a, as a, as a, as a Google person. And I'm going, wait a minute, why is Google my business all of a sudden is now a search engine or is now a social media mm-hmm. engine? I didn't even realize that until they made those algorithm changes. But um, I think that's the biggest challenge of being an entrepreneur is just staying on top of industry trends and looking at the different things that are happening so you can stay caught up and relevant with what people are going on. Because there was a lot of businesses in early 2020 that got just blindsided by the whole, uh, you know, pandemic thing and didn't really have a plan of, you know, how to pivot to online from, you know, doing live events to digital events and, you know, all those kind of things. And I think that, um, it was a really big eye opener, the pandemic, because it's kind of like, you know, um, you know, what's, what's that old adage, like fool me once it's my, uh, your fault, fool me twice. It's my fault kind of thing. Right. I, I feel that way about the pandemic. Like now that we know that this is a possibility and we know that there's this, that, that this could happen again, you know, this is just another layer of contingency, another layer of planning that needs to be done. So that way in the event that this happens again, we're all not caught off, off guard and blindsided. You know, I think that's one of the most important things that I've learned throughout the last 365 days is just the ability to look at a business, look at what your customers need, right? Continue serving those customers and make a goal. Like, you know, we made a goal like, okay, we, we may, we, we may have flat sales because we're losing advertising, but let's make it our number one goal to let's not lose any customers in 2020. Right. And so, you know, when, when we scaled back and said, okay, our goals of, you know, let's, uh, let's, let's increase revenue by 25% in 2020, the pandemic hit, we were like, no, that's not possible. Right. <laughs> right. And so then your right. goal, so then your goal changes, right? Uh, anyways, the point that I'm making is that that's one of the key responsibilities as a business owner and entrepreneur is, you know, being able to have the forethought to look forward into some of these things that could happen. You know, if you live in California, what's your strategy in case you have an earthquake and you lose your servers or, you know, whatever the case may be? I think all of those are, you know, really important um, to help scale your business. Absolutely. Messaging. Messaging changed huge, right? When you look at everything, how we're talking to one another, how we're making connections, right? People are want real, true, authentic connection now. Um, I had been saying that for years of we got to come back to being human. And I think the pandemic allowed us to do that. So in marketing, messaging totally freaking changed. I remember with uh, one client going, it, what we're saying doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work anymore. It does not land anymore. We get to explore what the messaging gets to be and how we're captivating our audience and what they need during this whole time. Not just that, old school came back. Old school came back. You know, some of the old ways of direct mail and all these other pieces came back because they were getting in front of people. What we were offering, you know, it was almost like nobody wanted to deal with BS anymore. Like, stop, just be real with me. Just be straight up on what's going on. Let's talk about what's <laughs> happening. Um, I'm scared. Like, that's what surfaced nonstop for us in our community is yeah. how do we even, like you were saying, how do we pivot from having um, businesses that served, you know, uh, business to consumer and and how they changed and having mom and pop shops and open doors and all that being shut down. But the beautiful thing that I saw come is how many entrepreneurs shifted into the model that allowed them to do online. Yeah. And then now, as you're saying, it's a, it's a new generation for like events, events now where you didn't think you could attend, there's more opportunity to attend than before. There's even more technologies out there to support it and serve it. And there's <laughs> there's um, collaborations happening, partnerships have happening that weren't happening before. The competition models kind of had a little bit of a shift on how people are working. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have Keeping to, up with the ever changing ways of things is um, always the challenge as an entrepreneur. Yeah, And I have to agree with you on the messaging thing. That's something that we found here at Voice America too. the way that we were um, with the way that we were positioning ourselves in the industry. Um, it, it, it didn't it wasn't it wasn't sitting um, comfortable with with people when we would talk to them. Right. Um, and, you know, when you say going back to the old school, I'm not even joking. Um, we sat down with our sales team and we were like, you know what? 
we're gonna go back to we're we're gonna we're gonna continue doing digital marketing, but um, we're gonna try something old school and see if it works. And they're like, "What's that?" And I'm like, "It's called cold calling." And yeah. they went, "What?" Right? And I'm like, Human "Yeah, you, connection, yeah, man. yeah, just pick up the phone and ask ask Sarah if she has some time to talk. How are you doing? You know, do you have a few minutes to chat with me? You're right. And then if they do, then great." Right, your job is to not sell something to someone right now. Your job is to just simply give them an opportunity, right? You're Absolutely. not, you know, and this whole, you know, direct sales on social media drives me nuts, right? You connect with somebody on LinkedIn and they're like, hey, Ryan, it's great to connect with you. Check out all the widgets I have for sale. Everything's great. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, you don't even know who I am. You don't even know, you know, if I even need your widgets. What if I have my own widgets? You know, like right. you didn't, you didn't, you didn't touch the human portion of me, right? You didn't, you didn't look, you simply made a connection, right? And immediately went in for the kill, right? Instead oh my of, gosh. Drives me uh, nuts. Yes. I'll give you, I'll a, tell you LinkedIn out of all the social media is my happy space. Yes. That's my place. You don't see, I do pretty much all of them, but LinkedIn, when you make the right connection, yes. you find and you, you connect people with the right people mm -hmm. but there is an approach to it that works and that is not the approach man no. they get shut down with me nonstop. no i've even messaged people back and it's been like hey it's very nice to meet you too so what exactly do you do for a living what things do you do for fun uh you know just kind of messing with them a little bit uh, <laughs> uh you know we started uh, we started doing a little uh, cold calling in 2020 that we hadn't done in quite a long time and um one of the things that we we did is we we brought on an expert in cold calling who um has written several books um and one of the things that we noticed is like when you cold call someone you have about seven seconds to get their attention before they're done right and so mm -hmm. that seven seconds is really important and uh, i'll give i'll give you a funny story this lady calls me the other day this woman and I answered the phone. I, I knew I knew it was some kind of cold call or something because it was a, a phone number that looked similar to my phone number. You know how they do that where they're like, yeah. it'll be like the, the you know, the first uh, three digits of the phone number, the same three digits as my number. So I knew immediately. I'm like, oh, this is a sales call of some sort. I answered the phone. And this woman goes, hi, this is Molly from Sunrun Solar. And we're running a special on solar panels. And we have solar. And solar is the best thing ever. And, blah, 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 blah. and I'm going like you know, holding the phone away from my ear. And I was like, Sally, 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 hello, Sally. <laughs> and she finally stopped talking and I said, hey, Sally, how are you doing today? And she goes, what? And I said, how are you doing today? You sound a little bit stressed. You're reading through your script very quickly. And she goes, what? And I go, yeah, um, you know, it would be very helpful maybe if when you call people, first off, you tell them who they are, who you are, what company you work for, and maybe ask me if I have time to talk to you. She goes, what? She's like, yeah, that's not how they instruct me to do my job. And I said, well, you need to go back to them and tell them that when you're calling somebody at 1.30 in the afternoon in the middle of the day, you don't know if they're at lunch. You don't know if they're about to step into a meeting. You don't know if they're dealing with a family emergency. Are they in the school pickup line trying to pick up their kids? Are they doing any number of things that human beings do? And by you going directly into your pitch, that tells me that my time is not valuable valuable to you and that all you want to do is just get me pitched so you can just add another number to the number of people you pitched for the day rather than actually having some results and so that was the conversation I had with the girl who cold called me and she was like I've never had anybody tell me anything like this before and I'm like well I just I just I care about solar it is very important it's renewable and I don't have a problem actually listening to your pitch and talking to somebody about going solar with my house but I need to do it with a company who cares about me absolutely you know and so that was that something that struck with me and something that you know we we talk to our our folks here internally about is just you know connecting with the human being first before you start talking about you know like you know, it's like going to the car dealership, right? And the guy's like, hi, I'm Joe. This car has 14 windows, 73 buttons. It honks it automatically. It'll drive itself. And it's like, well, great. I didn't even tell you I was looking for a car. You know, we just went through that experience. I have to say it's been years since I've had to go through the experience. We have another um, venture, my husband and a family venture we're doing. And it entails needing a truck, a truck that can pull trailers. So... 
I'm like, all right, let's go do it. Let's go start looking. I want to see what what's happening today, right? Well, one, inventory is low everywhere. So they're all fighting for business, right? And good for I you. went the first, <laughs> what was that? I said, good for you. <laughs> oh yeah, it was good for us. But let me tell you, the first man we visited with went to my husband. Now, anybody knows in sales, when it's a husband and wife, you always go to the wife. Plus the wife's paying the bill, people. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, in this case. So um, we walk in and the guy completely ignores me because we're looking at trucks. But right away, he went into the sales pitch of my husband. Now, my husband's in sales. And right away, this gentleman triggered both of us like, oh, this is so not going to work. <laughs> so we were pulling teeth to get information. He was giving us all the information we didn't want to know and everything. So that was like short lived, done. And I even told him he brought a car forward of a car I didn't want to look at, a truck. Um, I'm the one that's driving the truck. And he goes, okay, I brought you this one. And I said, no, thank you. And we left. And he, he was upset that I would, I just left. I'm like, I told him kindly, I said, you know what? I'm not going to go in the truck. I don't think this is working out. It's not what we're looking for. So we're going to leave. He was like the rudest man. But as the day went on, <laughs> it was the guy that said, hey, how's your day going? What are you up to? What are you guys looking for? Acknowledging me for being there, acknowledging and hearing that I would be the one driving the truck, that I would be the one purchasing the truck, right? It was just in those relationships took yeah. just like you said, that seven seconds of right away we were on defense and knew that first guy mm -hmm. was hell no. And then throughout <laughs> the day we had okay, these are people we'll do business with, Yeah, right? Yeah, you know what's crazy is is in, in April of 2020, I got in a car accident. And um, so I, 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 I'm a truck guy. I've been driving trucks forever. Um, so I'm a Chevy Silverado guy. Um, oh, and so, my husband's with you. Okay, so <laughs> I have I had a 2007 Chevy Silverado, all completely paid off, only 89,000 miles on it, you know, rims, tires, you know, stereo, the whole, you know, all the things that guys do to their trucks, right? And I'm I'm all excited because it's paid off and I don't have a car payment and I'm all excited and I'm driving to work. You know, it's it's April. Everything's shut down. There's no traffic. There's like three cars on the road. And of course, the guy who um, is turning left in front of me decides that now is the time to turn left as there's no other cars there. So I ultimately T-bone him um, ended up totaling my truck. And so then I'm like, ah, oh, what do I do? Do I just take the, you know, take the settlement money from my truck and just go buy another used one and, and not have a car payment? And then I remember telling myself, I'm like, yeah, you know, you did tell yourself that when you turn 40, you're going to buy yourself a brand new truck. And I'm like, well, I'm, I do turn 40 this year. And I was like, I'm just going to go buy a new truck. So I, so that's what I did. And we had the same exact experience. Um, I had bought in a car from uh, one place right when I got out of the military. I had, you know, uh, when you're in the military, if you're very frugal and you, you can literally get out of the military and have like thousands of dollars in the bank because you just ate their food, stayed in their barracks, right? And you didn't really spend any money. And so I had, you know you know, 50 or $60,000 or something like that when I got out of the military and I'm like, I'm going to go buy a car. I'm going to pay cash for it. You know? So I did, I went and bought a car and I bought it at this one dealership. They were great. And so that's where I said, all right, I'm going to go back to that same dealership to go buy the truck, to go buy this truck. Right. And I go and I go, all right, listen, and they go, well, first of all, truck inventory is pretty scarce right at the moment because GM is currently making ventilators. And I was like, okay, well, here's what I want. I need a truck with a tow package. I need a truck, I want a red one, right? Okay, and I, and I want the full-size four-door truck because you know the Chevy also makes one that has a tiny rear door and then there's one with a large, like a full-size crew cab. Yeah. And I'm like, I need a, I'm 6'2", I got kids and, and you know my dog and all that. I said, I need the big crew cab. Um, and the guy goes, oh, I think I have one in the back. I'll bring it right up. I wait. I wait like 10 minutes. What do you think this guy brings up? The small one. Not not red. Not red. <laughs> the small crew cab. No tow package. Right? And I was Wait, and I, I mean, come and, on. And people. I looked he got out and he goes, You ready to go for a test drive? And I go I go, No. 
<laughs> and he goes, why, isn't, why not? And I said, because I sat here for 10 minutes explaining to you exactly what I needed and what you brought me was not what I wanted or needed, not even close. I said, it doesn't even have a hitch on it. Like I can't even hook up the boat or the trailer or the RV that we have that, you know, we take out. I can't hook up any of that. I got to have that. Yeah. You know, and so he's like, all right, I'll be back. Let me go bring you another one. And then he brings me another one. And it's like, you know, jet black. Um, and it's like the four by four LTZ GB, like super, you know, has every bell and widget and on it. And I'm like, I'm like, I also told you I don't like leather seats. I live in Phoenix, Arizona, dude. Leather seats are like the. the are they fantastic? Yes, they're great. Not when in they the, have a cooling. Not system. in the summertime when you get in and you burn your legs off because you're wearing shorts and it's 120 outside. That doesn't work. So we ended up going to a different dealership, and you know, same kind of experience. I walk up, and you know, this gentleman walks over to me, and uh, his hair's all messed up. And I looked at him, and I was like, "Do you ride motorcycles?" And he goes, "I do." He's like, "How do you know?" I was like, "Cause you have helmet head." <laughs> and he started laughing and immediately he was like why do you ride motorcycles I'm like oh yeah yeah I've been riding for a long time and we started talking nothing about cars he didn't even mention pickup trucks he didn't mention anything we just got into this whole conversation for like 20 minutes about motorcycles now mind you I'm shopping with my mother and my daughter and my wife is at home right and my wife like uh, she she wanted to be part of the buying experience but she couldn't be there she had work and some other stuff to do and so I'm like well hey if you don't mind um, I'm gonna like FaceTime my wife so she can be part of this pro this this thing you know ultimately i did not get a red truck because we couldn't find a red truck in arizona that had the stuff that i wanted so i did have to settle for another color but the guy goes oh yeah i got a truck for you drives around brings me this silver truck exactly what i want two-wheel drive lt model package the whole nine yards and then he starts talking to me about price and i look at him and i go how many trucks did you guys sell in the last month and he goes, um, I don't know, one, two. I said, all right, well, if you want to sell this one, you better go in and talk to your manager and give me the best deal possible because I know you're not selling trucks and I can go to any other dealership and go take what yeah. your offer is and they're going to go beat it. You know, and it was kind of funny and I just didn't beat around the bush and he came back and he goes, how about this? And hands me this thing and a $65,000 truck that I got for $33,000. No freaking way. That's awesome. It's just, and it's just, it's, it was about having that conversation and, yeah. and being real and actually having somebody who's listening to you because ultimately I didn't do business with that dealership. I did business with that person, right? Because and that's it, the whole thing, right? Yeah. That is totally it is you are doing business with the person that you're making connection to bar none. That is yep. the deal, right? Yes. So I hear you on that. So, um, you know, as we kind of look at closing out the show and some of the things that you have, you know, one of the things I wanted to touch base on, which I thought was kind of really important is, um, you know, when you, when you're, when he actually, I guess not even being an entrepreneur, just being a human being in general, um, you know, it, it's really important to, um, especially as an entrepreneur, right? Having a mentor, someone who you can like bounce ideas off of and someone that, you know, you, that you can trust to throw some ideas at that they're not going to like steal them and go start their own company or something. Um, but let, let's talk a little bit about how important it is to get a mentor and have a mentor that can help you make a difference. Absolutely. You know, mentors are huge. Mentors are, I call them, okay, so the, here's the thing. There are actual individuals that are mentors, but you also get to experience what are called mentor moments in life. Like those people that pass through your life that are just, just come in and either share a moment with you of inspiration or bring forth the answer you're looking for or just speak with you and give you a non-judgmental in-your-face experience. <laughs> I'm just saying that because I had one, um, but it mentoring is so huge. And when you recognize the opportunities that come through different mentors in our life, that is I, what I have seen and I have witnessed makes the difference of these organizations and entrepreneurs that are making it, that are really out there. They all have a story of somebody that had their back in some way, shape or form. And some mentors, right, they're going to come in and be with you for years. And then there's going to be those mentors again, where maybe you just sat down for a half an hour on a bench in a park and somebody sat with you and asked about you and shared a little something that gave you inspiration. You know, it's that unattached perspective 
like you're saying, you know, someone you feel safe with to share is huge. And what I've noticed is there's a community of entrepreneurs out there that are like, that have hit it big, that are doing amazing things, that are extending their hand also back to other entrepreneurs saying, hey, I was helped and I get to help you too. And that's actually part of something we've created in Entrepreneurs of Success is we call forth these leaders. Right now we're running um, a nomination series of recognizing these leaders. It's called Leaders of Impact. Um, and it's the community are, are um, coming in and nominating these types of individuals that give them themselves that mentor that want to see other entrepreneurs succeed because they completely understand that in order for you to be success, one, you don't lone wolf it. <laughs> there are people that are reachable. Mind you, there are others that make sure the boundary is up that they're not going to support. But there is a plethora out there of mentors. And finding it, I found at one time very, very hard. I would sit there and go, why do I have to join uh, an organization and pay at a certain level to be able to tap into somebody that would be open to mentoring me. So I went on a mission to say, oh, I get to go and find the people myself, right? And reach out and just start finding these amazing people where I come back to LinkedIn. LinkedIn has actually been a huge resource of that, of me just making amazing connections with people but it's made all the difference yeah. in so many entrepreneurs' lives by having that person in the back, it's not invested in you, just sees things you don't see <laughs> and shares enough to ignite in you to go, okay, oh wait, I get to do this next. Or, oh my gosh, I wasn't even thinking of that. Or, yeah. oh my gosh, I missed that opportunity. What was I thinking, <laughs> right? And um, it's again, that person that just sits there with an outside perspective. Yeah. And it's not having to always pay into a program. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. And th and that's one of the things that's always bugged me about mentors are, are is, you know, you have this, you know, I can go I can go buy a coach. You know what I mean? There's coaches every, there's coaches all everywhere. I can go buy any kind of coach I want. Um that's not a mentor though. Um no. you know, I have to give a big shout out to Gary Wells, um, who is our chief technology officer here at Voice America. Um and you know, 12 years ago, he took me under his wing. Uh, I'm an audio guy by trade, right? Audio editing, video editing, all those kind of things, audio, visual, Photoshop, all, all that kind of stuff. Not necessarily a technology person, um, but in the last 12 years, you know, I've got the opportunity to learn from somebody who started working in technology in the 70s. Um, who's seen every code base known to man, um, even even all the way back to punch cards, <laughs> right? Coding with punch cards. Um, and, and it's just, it's awesome to be able to make one phone call and be like, hey, Gary, um, you know, I kind of ran into this area. I'm stuck. Here are the factors, A, B, C, and D. Um, I'm leaning towards B, and this is the reason why. Um, can you tell me kind of what your thoughts might be? And he doesn't go, Oh, I'm busy. Let me call you back. He doesn't go, um, oh, you know, uh, you know, give me $59 a month. You know, he does, none of that. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, if, if he's busy, he'll say, hey, I'm in the middle of dinner with my kids or whatever. Let me call you back when I get done, whatever the case may be. But, you know, that person is a true mentor who's always there to be able to ask those questions, to be able to bounce ideas off of um, and not and not and not expect anything in return other than being happy that I was successful in completing what I completed. Absolutely. You know, coaches have a place, right? Having a business coach, somebody there that knows how to help mold you, challenge you in a different manner, I still feel there's they're very, very important. The mentor side, it is just that. It's that unique relationship that um, I have a mentor right now who I can call at any hour. Yeah. Any hour. And actually gets upset if they find out that I've gone through something and I didn't reach out. Like, why don't you just reach out to me? You know, I'm here for you, <laughs> that's right? Gary, that's what Gary does to me. <laughs> right, it's like you. we have our Garys and it's like you have these people that come into your life and I will tell you this mentor, I had met a woman through LinkedIn and I met a couple people and they kept bringing up this gentleman's name. And then somebody just gave me the phone number to call him. And I was like, oh mother, who's giving me this 
this phone number. The moment I reached out, it was as if we knew each other forever, very approachable, very wonderful. Never did I even realize until I sat in his office, uh, come to find out we live fairly close to one another. Um, At the time I was traveling a lot to Los Angeles and San Diego and he was at one time in LA while I was in San Diego and we were sitting talking and setting up a coffee date and when I met him here I sat in his office and I didn't look at the back wall and then when I finally did and he just pointed to the back wall um, there are these celebrities like you wouldn't believe of stages he's been on with them of people he's been with i would have never even thought this having met this man um and honestly if i knew i probably would not have made the coffee date just i i it would freak me out too much (laughs) but i was like oh my gosh he was so beautiful just a beautiful person all around but he's like uh, people like tony robbins and all these people and he's like all these names are in my phone they're personal friends I'm like, oh, this is freaking awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, little old me, you want to, you got to <laughs> take care of little old me, right? And always, I don't go a month without speaking to this gentleman at least a handful, if not yeah. a dozen times. And we all get to have that, right, as entrepreneurs. And we all get to discover those people and be open to what they have to say. Because as you probably know as an entrepreneur, we don't always want to hear what they have to say, no. especially <laughs> when they're unbiased to what you're doing. Oh yeah, Sarah Kaduri, thank you so much for joining us on Finding Your Frequency. We really appreciate you being on. Uh, unfortunately, we're out of time. We're gonna have to have you back on because I think we could probably go on for another hour. Uh, you know, so I appreciate you being on the radio show. Um, where can people find you um, on the internet on on social media? Absolutely, LinkedIn's my place. So find me at Sarah Kaduri. That's K H O U D as in David, A-R-Y, and sarahkaderi.com or entrepreneursofsuccess.com. Have a great day and thanks so much, Ryan. Awesome. Thank you guys for uh, tuning into this wonderful episode of Finding Your Frequency. Get out there and go become an entrepreneur. Summon that intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone and go do something, try something different. Get out there, do it. Thanks for tuning in to Finding Your Frequency. We're here every week, 12 o'clock Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Hey guys. I want to pause the show for just a second because I want to talk about this really cool app called Stereo. I've been using it for a little while now and man, it's pretty cool. It's a live broadcast social platform that enables people to have real conversations in real time. The app allows podcast creators to build an intimate relationship with their fan base by engaging them in direct conversations. Listeners can literally record a question, send it in while we're doing the live directly to us and we can answer those questions and engage in real time. It's really cool. I've been using the app for a couple of weeks now. I've done a couple of variants uh, on it with some random people and I've met people. I've already got some followers. So it is a really cool application and there's so much diverse content on there. You'll always find something to listen to. Finding Your Frequency is excited to offer our listeners a new way to interact. Join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time for a live show on the Stereo app. You can download the free Stereo app and select Finding Your Frequency We're verified right there on Stereo, so you can connect with us whenever we're live. Stay tuned for more details on how to engage with us on Stereo at the end of today's episode. Go to www.stereo.com forward slash Radio Ryan 1. Again, www.stereo.com forward slash Radio Ryan 1. Once you get in there, make sure you start following me. You'll start to check it out. And again, we got the shows that we're going to be doing every Friday at 2 o'clock Pacific time on the Stereo app.